Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1731 today. Thank you so much for joining me for it. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for your ratings and reviews. Thank you to all the patrons who are making this possible, especially Pamela Johnson and Tony Comstock today who have doubled down on their support. Thank you so very much, both of you, for helping to make this show possible and helping to support me in bringing this show to the masses with your support at patreon.com slash SW7X7. So today is patron Q&A day, and I've got a couple of great questions from some of our patrons that I'm going to answer here on the show for you. One of them is a bit of a follow-up from last month. Jared Gorman had been asking about Amidala and Leia and, um, and Brea and queenships and whatnot. And so one of the things he wanted to know is whether Leia becomes queen upon Queen Brea's death, Queen of Alderaan, and also whether she gets any sort of, you know, special recognition or any sort of honorific or anything like that from being the daughter of Padme Amidala and getting something you know, awesome on Naboo. And the answer is, unfortunately... <laughs> <laughs> no to both, so I will take them both in turn. On the Alderanian side of the house, yes, on the one hand, Leia is essentially first in line for the throne, so when Brea is killed when the Death Star destroys Alderaan, yes, Leia should in theory be the one who takes over. However, she essentially abdicates the throne. When we see the Princess Leia comic series, the five-issue limited series that was released a few years ago. Well, she's given the opportunity to take over and you know step into the role as queen. And this happens while she is in an attempt to unite the Alderanian diaspora, which happens after the events of the original Star Wars, aka A New Hope. So it happens in the three-year period in between Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. She's having a conversation with Von Verlaine, who is incidentally the pilot of the one Y-Wing that escaped the Death Star. Anyway, there's a conversation about it, and Yvonne says, yeah, these people need someone to lead them, it should be you, and Leia says, nah, you lead them, because Leia is a little bit busy with the Rebellion, so essentially she abdicates the throne, and does not assume the queenship, and does not pick it up later on in life either, and ultimately she kind of gets rid of the princess title as well and it's only used by people who have known her for quite a long time and it's more of a you know light honorific I guess instead of an actual title that's intended to be respected so that's the deal on the Alderanian side of the house and on the Naboo side well that is complicated because when you raise the question of Leia being the daughter of Padme 
you then raise the question of, well, you know, who's the dad? And we all know that that is supposed to be a secret because the daddy is none other than Darth Vader. And that secret is not revealed to the galaxy at large until Bloodline, the novel by Claudia Gray, which happens six years before the events of Return of the Jet, uh, excuse me, The Force Awakens. So it happens 24 years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So yeah, there's nothing that she can really do about that. And as it turns out, you know, there's not really anything she's going to get either because it's not a hereditary queenship like it is on Alderaan. It is an elected position. And so basically it might get her some, you know, respect and renown and some, you know, popular attention perhaps. But as far as it actually earning her any sort of of, you know, special, you know, titles or anything like that on Naboo. No, unfortunately, that is not the case. All right. Our second question is from Pamela Johnson, who wants to know why Vader did not sense the Force in Leia in Star Wars, a.k.a. A New Hope. So this is a little bit of a complicated answer because, first of all, it's not really clear that George Lucas knew that Leia was going to be Luke's sister and therefore his daughter in the filling of A New Hope. In fact, that was a change from the way I understand it that was made in later passes to later drafts of later movies. And so for the actual movie itself in A New Hope, he wouldn't sense it because it wasn't an established thing. So now we have to retcon this business. <laughs> we have to create a reason for it now that it turns out Leia is his daughter and so he should have been able to sense something. Um, one other thing that we know for a fact, at least you know in the new canon era, is that it's only been established for Vader that he had a son, not that he had a daughter, and that was part of the Star Wars comic series, the flagship title, where he sent Boba Fett trying to find, you know, some information about the fact that Padme may have been pregnant when they were together and when she died, or the fact that she was pregnant. He knew that, anyway. And, um, yeah, it was you know, something that he was investigating because he didn't know what happened to the babies. And they falsified the records so that the person who gave birth to the, or who did the autopsy, excuse me, and who actually did the, you know, the funeral parlor stuff for Padme, like knew that there had been, you know, evidence of a birth, but only gave evidence for one child, not for two. So, yeah, that's what the scoop is there, at least as far as, you know, whether he knew or knew or did not know about Leia. So then you have to come to the question of well, what does this mean for A New Hope? And I think what it means, because I don't think it's really been well established, is that it's possible that he senses the Force in Leia, but it doesn't matter. I'm sure he goes around the galaxy and senses Force in a lot of different people to different degrees and it's not like he's going to be recruiting her into the inquisitorius or anything like that he probably senses that even if she has some force ability it's not like she's trained in the force and therefore she's not a threat of any kind similar essentially to luke skywalker to the fact that uh when he has a conversation with the emperor darth vader does 
they, you know, the Emperor talks about how Luke can basically tear everything apart, and Vader says he's just a boy, like, you know, this isn't a big deal. And Vader is kind of used to assessing threats as far as people who use the Force, and in particular, people who could be so strong in the Force that they could be replacing him at his master's side, because the Emperor is really kind of a rat fink. He is not nice. He is always looking for the next chosen one, and there have been multiple instances, particularly in the comics, where he has tried to find replacements for Vader or tested Vader against potential replacements to see if Vader really is as strong as he needs him to be, especially after the explosion of the first Death Star, which Palpatine blames on Vader, or at least he tells Vader that he blames him for it, you know, whether he actually does, that's, you know, another issue entirely, but, you know, maybe that's just to get in Vader's head anyway um yeah so i would say that he probably does sense the force in leia but that it doesn't make a difference to him one way or the other and he is not aware that he has a daughter to begin with kicking around the galaxy someplace so it never occurs to him that it could be a significant situation and there's one other question i'm going to answer in our session today and i'll get to that in just a second i do just want to remind you to subscribe to the show if you don't do so already and again pamela and tony thank you so much for your faith and your kindness and your support at patreon.com slash sw7x7 and i hope more folks who are listening to this will consider supporting me in my efforts to do this for people in more than 140 countries if you can believe that yeah that's how far and wide the show has been downloaded it's patreon.com slash sw7x7 and thank you so much for considering it so bobby gordon has a question for me and it is what is my favorite star wars ship and why well that you know i could have more fun with this one and say well my favorite ship from this movie is that and from this movie is that because i really can go to that level but ultimately nothing has replaced the snowspeeder in my heart from the empire strikes back and it's not as easy as it might have been once upon a time to get in touch with the nine-year-old boy who first saw Snowspeeders on screen in The Empire Strikes Back searching for Han and Luke. And yet I can tell you that even today, watching The Empire Strikes Back, like I can feel my heart in my throat as Rogue Two is searching for Han and Luke in the morning after they've been out in the Hoth Wastelands all night. I love the way the little braking flaps pop up. I love the fact that it's a two-seater. It was... Technically speaking, the first two-seater, yes, I know Y-Wings can be two-seaters, and we saw those in A New Hope. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the first two-seater vehicle in Star Wars that we saw, and so you could have a friend flying in the ship with you. And in atmosphere, you know, it seemed a little bit more amazing to me to see something like this in atmosphere versus seeing all of the spaceships flying around in the dogfights in A New Hope. And yes, I know we saw the Falcon in atmosphere. I know we saw various X-Wings and Y-Wings as they were taking off from Yavin 4 in atmosphere, but to really see Snowspeeders flying around, not just in that rescue mission, but also in the Battle of Hoth as well, I've just loved them from the very beginning. The tow cables too, like it wasn't just lasers, it was tow cables, it was just such an incredible multi-purpose ship. Awesome, I just absolutely love them. And so 
hope that answers your question, Bobby. And Pam and Jared, I hope that answers your questions from earlier as well. Thank you so much for submitting them. And if you would like to submit a question, then please join me at patreon.com slash SW7X7. Every patron at the $5 and one cent level and above the Vader's fist level can submit a question. And I post every month in Patreon on the activity feed to let folks know that it is time to submit questions and you just drop your questions in there. And that's all there is to it. So I hope that you will join the fun next month. But for now, we're going to call it a show here and say thank you very much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.